Let me say that uh, it is so great for Kathy and I to have some time with our home church family. For those of y'all that are fairly new to the church, Kathy and I have been members here for probably five or six, probably six years or so, and yet we serve as in a transitional interim ministry, and so we will disappear for a year to a year and a half as we go to a different church to really try to strengthen them during their interim time as they get ready for a new a new season of ministry. And, uh, but in between those times, we come back home. And uh, the exciting thing about coming back home is that there are all sorts of new members of the family back home. And so, uh, so I was so delighted that Pastor Matthew asked me to come in and, and fill in for him and, and uh, as he and his family are away for, for a little break. And I'm especially appreciative of our deacons. As Matthew told me, that uh, they encouraged him to take two Sundays so they might be recharged. Because y'all know, if you don't recharge your cell phone, what do you get? What do you get? A dead phone, right? If you don't recharge your pastor, what do you get? You don't want that, do you? Neither do I. So thank you, church leadership, for giving our pastor and his family some time to recharge. And so that's why you have me for a couple of Sundays. Um, Now, today I want us to look at the heart of our faith. And next week I'm going to have us look at our role in our faith. The heart of our faith is the gospel. The gospel. The good news. And at the center of the gospel is the cross. And so today I want us to look at the power of the cross in your life. And I want to do that for a couple of reasons. First, because of what Paul wrote here in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 2. And every time I preach this This verse kind of haunts me because whatever I I share from the Word of God, I want it to be centered on Christ, on the cross. This is what Paul says. Look, he says, I decided that while I was with you, I would forget about everything except Jesus Christ and what? His death on on the cross. This would be so that your faith would be in God's power, not in human wisdom. You hear what I'm talking about? I mean, if you survey the world today, it's amazing what different ideas that you get about God, about afterlife, about salvation, about sin, whatever. And, uh, and, and so I want us to look at that, but also the second reason I want to look at the cross is because I want you to be wise about your faith and not dumb. Okay? Makes sense. I want you to be smart and not dumb. You're probably like me. Um, Have you ever met someone who was book smart and people dumb? 
You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they like, I mean, uh, full of facts but lacking in common sense, you know. Have you ever known a smart person who seemed to have no clue about what was really going on? Smart people can be so dumb. You know, it's kind of like that old story about the, about the, the guys on the private plane. There were four people on this private plane, and there was the richest man in the world and the smartest man in the world and an old preacher and a hippie. Well, halfway through this flight, the uh, smoke started coming in the, in the passenger compartment, and the, the pilot comes running through and saying, the plane is going down, uh, grab a parachute and jump out, but I have to tell you, we are short one parachute, so y'all figure it out, and he jumps out of the plane. Well, the richest man in the world he looks at the other people and says, I have thousands of people depending on me for their livelihood. So I need a parachute. So he grabs one, jumps out the plane. The smartest man in the world uh, tells the others, he says, listen, I'm, I have millions of people looking to me for insight and inspiration. So I need a parachute. So he grabs one, he jumps out the plane. Well, the old preacher looks at the hippie and says, Son, I've lived a good life, and I know where I'm going. So you take the last parachute. And the hippie said, Don't worry about that preacher. The smartest man in the, in the world just jumped out of the plane with my backpack. <laughs> Smart people can do dumb things, right? And I don't want to be that way. And I don't want you to be that way. And, uh, and so there's a spiritual truth that many smart people in this world miss because their intelligence leads to pride and their pride blinds them to the truth. I don't want to be politically incorrect Maybe I do. I don't know. Um, but I read something just the other day that just rang so true during this month. And it said this. It said, pride is still a sin. And the rainbow is still a sign of God's promise. Pride is still a sin because it blinds us to truth. And the rainbow is still a promise that there is a God who makes promises to people and we can count on them. And so listen, today I want us to look at some Scripture. Just the Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. And uh, again, the, the, the truth at the heart of our faith is the cross. The power of the cross. And we see crosses on the top of most churches, and we see crosses uh, on the pulpit, and I brought a little cross today that I made myself. Isn't that something? Okay. Well, anyway, hope the sermon's better than the cross. But anyway, okay. And even behind the screen 
is, is a cross. And yet if you ask people in our society, what's the main message about, of Christianity? You know what a lot of times they'll say? Oh, try to be a good person. Or as my good friend uh, Jojo Thomas says, he always thought the message of church was behave yourself. You ever got that? Growing up as a kid, it's like, what is church all about? Well, mom takes me to church, so I will behave myself. No, the cross says, man, you can't behave yourself. The best you are falls apart. And wise people, they miss this truth all the time. They miss that Christianity is not about making bad people good. Christianity is about making dead people alive. Do you get that? Christianity is not making bad people good or better. It's about making spiritually dead people spiritually alive so that they might have a relationship with the true God of the universe who made it all. That's why we worship on Sunday. Because Sunday is the day when a dead person became alive. And is still alive today. Amen. Trey, what's the song? I serve a risen Savior. He's what? He's in the world today. Right? So that's the heart of the cross. It's a... It's, listen, when we go to the cross with Him, we go to the tomb with Him, and we're raised with Him, and it makes all the difference in your life. And if you want to be alive forever, you need to experience this cross. Because this is where you meet Jesus. This is where you meet Jesus. You don't meet Him anywhere else but at His cross. You can learn about Him, but if you want Him to know you, then you need to come to the cross. Because that's where he meets you. In Galatians, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by what? Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Where? cross that's what the christian life is all about so here's the scripture i want us to focus on today it's first corinthians chapter 7 uh, chapter 1 verse 17 through 19 when paul is really laying out for these, these corinthians and you know i don't know about you but i love the corinthian church you know why because they were all messed up all right I know I would fit in the Corinthian church, right? I have a message. I heard that years ago there's a, there was a book called I'm Okay and You're Okay. Y'all remember that transactional analysis? It's an old book. Look it up on the internet. Anyway, and I, 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 I hated that title. I, I said, I want to write a book called I'm Not Okay or I'm Messed Up, You're Messed Up. But that's okay because we serve a God that loved to take messed up people and turn them up side down straighten them up gives me hope and so paul's laying down the foundation for this corinthian church on everything else he does he says listen christ and him 
crucified. Okay? L let's read it together, okay? Just follow along. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach what? The gospel. And not with clever speech, so that the cross of Christ would not become useless. Listen to this, it's so sad. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's what? It's what? It's the power of God. It's the power for salvation. It's the power for life. Christ, when we come to Jesus at the cross, we die to ourselves and we're filled up with Him and it makes all the difference in the world. It'll change your life. It's changed mine. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will thwart the cleverness of of the intelligent. And in the United States, oh, don't we worship those people that are smart. And, um, you know, my family's kind of like that, you know. The Fenland family's kind of like Ford. I don't know if y'all remember that, that, uh, that old idea about, you know, Ford's got a better idea. We Fenland's always telling each other, bless Kat Kathy's heart, she's so sweet. Going to Fenland family fellowship and, and, uh, we're always telling people, oh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm just informing you of a better way to understand it, you know. And if you, but we're all a little bit like that, you know. If people really saw the world the way I saw the world, the world would straighten up. You ever thought that, you know? All those crazy people. The problem with people in Washington is what? They don't think like me. If they thought like me, it'd straighten up a whole lot of stuff. Now, I confess I feel that way. You feel that way? You know? First thing I want us to know in this, in this message um, is the cross makes proud people foolish. Proud people foolish. You know, pride, um, the word is there's nothing good there. It's all about self. You know, that's why Jeremiah says, let not, the, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, nor the rich man boast in his riches, nor the mighty man boast in his strength, but let him who boasts boast in, it, in this, that he knows and understands me, says the Lord. Wow. Early on in my life, I thought, Steve, I don't want to be a fool. I want to know God. I want to walk with God. And he's changed my heart. Notice two things here. First, that the cross doesn't make sense to people who are lost. It's foolishness to them. When you think that you're hot stuff, you can't imagine being judged as a sinner. Do you hear me? When you think that you are somebody, then it actually offends you if somebody says, well, you're a sinner. But man, that's where healing starts. When we own up to our need for God. For our need for help. For the fact that uh, we need salvation. Listen, I tell you, uh, when you're too proud and full of yourself, somebody said, when you're full of yourself, you make a very small package. 
And when I think about this, I think about two people. Years ago, I had two conversations with people that I dearly love. Both women, and one of them had heard me preach and preach the gospel and share about what Christ had done on the cross. And she was, we were talking about that afterwards, and she told me, it just seems too easy. It just seems too easy. And you know what I thought? I thought, listen, she thinks she needs to do something as part of her salvation so that she could feel, retain a little bit of the pride that she has that she was a pretty good person. Another woman I was sharing with about the fact that God has, Christ was reconciling the world to him. And I was sharing about what God's call in my life is, and, and I was sharing from 2 Corinthians that God has given us, uh, Paul and also me, the ministry of reconciliation. To have peace with God. To help just lead people to the cross. So that they might have peace with God. Reconciled to God. And uh, when I shared that, this woman said, that just doesn't make sense to me. And then guys, you know what she said? She said something very honest. And I appreciate it. She said, maybe I don't want it to make sense. Because she didn't want to face the fact that she might be separated from God. She didn't want to face the fact that she wasn't God in, uh, in embryo or whatever the new age view of the day was. It's basically pride. Pride in the one wanting to hold on to some of their own works and pride in the other thinking, well, I'm not really so bad anyway. I don't need to be reconciled to God. The cross causes some proud people to be foolish. And as I get older, I keep thinking of that statement. There ain't no fool like an... You that are older, we got to learn better. Some of these young knuckleheads, oh, I shouldn't say that. They got an excuse. We've heard so much. I don't want to be an old fool. I want to be wise, full of Christ, because He will change your heart. So, that's the first thing. Understand that the, the cross the cross makes proud people foolish. And, uh, and either way, uh, but let me tell you the truth. If you don't understand that you stand guilty before the great judge of the universe, the punishment of the cross will not make sense. If you put your faith in your own wisdom or your intentions, God says you are playing the fool. And even believers play the fool some days. It's like that old song, love song. Everybody plays the fool. Sometime. Any of those, any of you old folks still know that? You young dudes, y'all don't know what that's about. Sorry, you know. There's no exception to the rule. Well, that's true in the Christian life because sometimes we, even we as believers act like what? Like lost people. 
like God isn't even involved in our life. But especially those dear hearts that are lost, that are perishing, it doesn't make sense till the power of God cuts through to their minds and to their hearts. God says, you're playing the fool if you, if you reject the cross. But, but if you come to the cross, if you come to the cross, you'll experience the power of God. You'll experience the power of God. I remember as a young man when this first captured my heart. And let me confess to you that uh, even as a young man, I have always found it very easy to believe God. That's not any bragging. In fact, uh, I feel so unworthy in the fact that it's always been easy for me to believe that God loved me. And I know a lot of y'all, that's hard to grasp. Maybe because of your upbringing or temperament or whatever. But my heart breaks for those that do not know the daily fellowship of God day by day in your life. There's so much more. It's the power of God. Number two, put that one up there. The cross brings the power of God into your life. Look at what the Scripture says. But to us who are being saved, it's what? It's the power of God. It's the dynamics of God. Listen, we talked about recharging a cell phone, right? If you don't charge a cell phone, what's going to happen? It's going to be useless, right? And our power comes from Christ, and it flows through the cross, through the Holy Spirit in us to give us the victory that we need every day as we live our lives and that's why jesus said if anyone comes wants to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me i've been crucified with christ in the life that i now live i live by faith in the son of god how is the cross the power of god when you come to the cross, your heart begins to change. You're born again. You're forgiven. You experience the incredible love of God. But notice here that the Bible doesn't say that the cross is the power of God to those who have been saved. It says to those who what? Are being saved. We as Baptists so emphasize sometimes, not so much as anymore, but in the past about the point of salvation. And listen, there is a new birth. If you're not born, you ain't alive. Amen? Everybody here I see that's moving around and blinking and breathing, you've all been what? Born. And if you're alive spiritually, you had to do what? Be born again. Born spiritually. Amen? But having a birth certificate doesn't tell me you're alive. Does it? A lot of people in the, in the cemetery, we can find their birth certificate. But salvation starts when we receive Him at the cross, but it continues as He changes our hearts to make us fit for heaven, which is where we're going. Amen? Man. And I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to do so much changing down here. As that song says, there's not a big change when He comes to call my name. Take me home. Amen. I tell you, I want to be ready. I want my heart to be there at a time. It's the power of God for salvation. 
uh, to all that are being saved. It's present tense. It's not just a one-time thing we check off and go on our way. Let me tell you, if you're here today and your understanding of Christ and salvation is that you make one little decision and that you've got your ticket to heaven, there's a little bit of truth there. But there can be a lot you've missed. A lot you've missed. Following spiritual birth is spiritual growth. Amen? Part of spiritual uh, growth is being part of a family and learning from your family and serving with your family. And we'll talk about that next, next week. But I want to come as we conclude this service. I want to draw a conclusion. I want to go back to that, that, uh, the scripture. I want to go back to the songs. Uh, the old rugged cross. I love that, that song that says, Oh, the old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it on dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it one day for a crown. Have you received the gospel? Have you received Christ? Have you come to the cross? I asked Trey to, for us to sing that new version about at the cross. Um, because I love what it says. And listen to it. And then we're going to sing it together. And let me tell you, if you're here today and Christ is just a theological or religious idea or God is way up there and not right here with you, then we encourage you to come to the cross. If you're carrying a load of guilt or a load of pride, both of those will keep you from Christ. But at the cross... You'll find him. This is what it says. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. And where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. It's at the cross. At the cross I surrender my life. And I'm in awe of you, Jesus. What you did when you took to that cross voluntarily, willingly, because you loved me. I'm in awe of you, Jesus. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white. Oh, I owe all to you. I want to ask the, the music leaders to come. And we're just going to spend some time thanking God for the cross and coming to the cross. And if you haven't been to the altar for a while, you probably need to come. Because listen, I tell you, there's nothing like a, a bended knee that will help you bend the heart.
A stubborn heart is hard to hard to bend, especially if you're getting older. Especially if you're getting older. So I encourage you, even if you can't kneel, I encourage you to come sit in a front pew. Just say, Lord, I'm recommitting my life to you. Can you do it at your pew? Yeah, you can. But, I, but there's somebody you, and listen, you've been playing the game all this time. You've been playing the game. You come to church, I don't know, because maybe your friends are here, maybe your family makes you, but you've never come to Christ. You never put your life with Him. Or if you did, you are so playing the game of the world that your heart is getting harder to Him and more insensitive to the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand today, together with me. Stand right now as we begin this time of invitation. And Heavenly Father, we this is a time when we come to You, Lord, to the place of mercy and the place of grace where we come to You to recommit our lives to You because You have given Your life to us. Thank You for the cross. Thank You for the power that we have to live the life for You. Thank You for the love that flows down. Thank You for the grace that overflows and cleanses our hearts. Fathers, we sing. And as we come, we love You. And we put our trust in You. In Jesus' name, Amen.